Well, hello, greetings, howdy. I'm saying howdy intentionally today, and you'll find out here in a little bit. This is Bobby Contreras, thewholepastor.org. TWP Conversations is what you're listening to. It is September 1. Let me be the first to welcome you to September 1. Uh, this will be going live on Friday, September to September 2nd. Um, but I'm here with a good friend, Dr. Pete Pollock. Um, before we get there, let me tell you what we're doing. We are for, TWP is for pastors, pastors' families, and the church community that they serve. Um, I want to take a journey together um, from San Antonio Bear County, which San Antonio is in, to the seven contingent counties around Bear County, and uh, just introduce you to a few of my friends. Um, and I want us to encourage, and I want these pastors, their families, and their church communities to know that we are for them. We are for you. So first stop, we're in Atascosa County, or at least I'm in Bear County and Zooming to Atascosa County. And I'm talking, and you're going to get to hear Dr. Pete and okay, so you, I just realized that in your bio, you gave me a way to pronounce your name and I already pronounced it incorrectly, didn't I? It's fine. Everybody does. So Pavelic. it's not a problem at all. Pavelic. It's yeah. Pavelic. And I said Pollock yeah. because phonetically, that's what it looks like. Uh huh. But then I just saw here that it's That's Pavelic. why I put it out to the side. Well, that's the good thing about doing this, right? You can just start over. No, man, I don't like to edit. We're going at it. We're raw. We're real. I called you Dr. Pete Pollock, but you're Dr. Pete Pavelic. So hello, Pete. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, so we met um, because you and I both get to serve on the Texas Baptist Executive Board. And so I think we've known each other for what, about a year now? Uh, probably coming up on two years. It, it'll be two years um, here very soon. Yeah, very um, soon. Yeah. It's it's awesome to get to know you. I'm glad that you're here. I'm humbled that you would take this opportunity. You are not only a pastor, ministry leader, you are a husband, you are a father of four. Um, we're going to get into your story here in a little bit. Um, you're also a, um, I'm going to call you a scholar and an author. Um, and we're going to get to all of that in a bit, but I just want, Pete, will you just tell us, who are you? Where are you from? Give us a little background. Sure, man. Uh, I am Pete Pavelic. As you have already said, most everybody calls me Pastor Pete. Um, very few people use my last name because it's a little bit hard to say. Uh, just looks different from the way it sounds. Uh, who am I? I'm just a, a small town kid. Grew up on a ranch actually here in Atascosa County. A uh, unique thing about God's journey for me is that uh, he brought me back to my hometown and uh, used me to plant a church in the the, the place I grew up. So um, I, I live just a few miles from the high school that I graduated from and a few miles from the house that I grew up in. And uh, that's been a unique part of my story. But yeah, just a, a, a normal everyday guy uh, grew up a normal everyday kind of kid's uh, life. Never thought I was going to go into ministry. Uh, never really uh, thought that was God's plan for me. I always wanted to be a pilot, actually, as a kid, like most kids growing up uh, in the 80s and uh, living through the 90s. I wanted to be an astronaut. You know, that was the golden era of the space shuttle. And um, that's that's what I really thought I was going to do with my life was fly around in space. Uh, had a reality check in high school 
um, a guidance counselor informed me that uh, NASA wasn't taking many students that were getting C's in math. And so uh, I had to had to kind of make a little bit of a shift uh, in my plans there and uh, didn't shift immediately to ministry because, uh, again, wasn't really on my radar at all. And I think that's a story of a lot of pastors, you know, God, God calls us. Um, and, and we don't normally see that call coming. Some, some do, I guess, but, uh, I certainly didn't. So I left uh, for college to, to actually train to be a teacher, thought I was going to be an ag teacher and, uh, probably be in agriculture. That's what I'd grown up doing, what I was familiar with. And, uh, then it was in college that, uh, my freshman year actually in college that I felt a call from the Lord to go into ministry, which, which honestly, Bobby, um, rocked my world. Like it, 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 it really shook me to the core because, um, I had never in my life pictured myself as, as being a pastor. I was a pretty shy kid. Um, I'm, I'm somewhat, and I've, I've found over the years, this is true of a lot of pastors, I'm somewhat introverted. Um, it, it's not that I don't like being around people. It's not that I can't be around people. Uh, I just don't crave attention and I don't crave being in a big group. And, um, and, and I'd always had that perception of pastors, right? You had to kind of be that extrovert. Um, the only pastors I had ever known growing up were priests and uh, Baptist preachers, and and nothing nothing bad about either one of those, uh, other than they just uh, really weren't the picture of of who I was. You know, I didn't think I could could wear penny loafers and a suit and tie, and uh, I certainly wasn't into wearing robes or dresses. And so uh, I was like man, Lord, I think you've got the wrong guy. And through a series of things, which is a really long story, God just continually confirmed that he didn't. And of course, this was before Cowboy Church was a thing. You know, this is just God and his sovereignty, putting all these pieces together, putting me in the family he put me in, giving me the agriculture background he gave me, um, giving me those experiences as a kid growing up on a ranch, you know, as I look back on it now, all these years later, I can see that God, you know, literally, even when he was forming me in my mother's womb, had this plan uh, for for this ministry. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing as it, it as it takes shape. But back then, I couldn't see any of that because I didn't know anything about Cowboy Church. It wasn't really a big thing then. And um just didn't see it. And so accepted the call, said, okay, Lord, I'll do it if you want me to. And uh, then it was a couple years later that I got invited to come here and and start the Cowboy Church back here in Atascosa County. So uh, that's probably a lot more than you asked for, but that's a little bit of who I am, a little bit of my journey into ministry. No, that's awesome. Um, before we get to uh, penny loafers to boots, um, I want to go back a little bit. And Texas State University, um, what was it, who was it at Texas State that um, helped you uh, stir within your heart, your mind, and affection for Jesus? You know, it wasn't anybody or anything. Now, I will say that the BSM had a huge part in, in my journey as a college student, as did some other ministries that were on campus um, at the time that, that I got involved in. I, I will say this. Um, I was fortunate when I got to college, um, 
I fell in with a group of Christians. Uh, there were some Christians in my dorm that I immediately connected with. They weren't my roommates or anything, but I immediately connected with them. Uh, I, I immediately sought out a Bible study. I immediately sought out a church. I started looking day one, Sunday, number one, where's the church? Where am I going to go? I started visiting churches. And because of that, I got in with a group of other like-minded people who really helped me stay grounded my freshman year in particular, but, but all the way through college. And then um, as I was walking through my freshman year and going to BSM noon lunches and going to crosstalk ministries on uh, Tuesday nights, and, and we called it the refuge, it was the BSM ministry on Thursday night and just, you know, really plugging in. I went to campus crusade um, for a large portion of my, um, my college ministry. I mean, I was really plugged in like anything. And, and so my freshman year, as I was doing that and studying the word, uh, I, I felt like the Lord was calling me uh, to go and, and work at a church in the summer. Like it was either go work at church or go build fence with my dad and work cattle. And uh, I had done that my whole life. And that's a lot of work if you've ever done it the way we do it. Uh, on a big ranch. And so uh, I thought, you know, working in an air conditioning, going to camp with some kids, like that sounds way better. And and so I said, yes, Lord, I'll go. And he opened this door uh, for me to go to Carn City, Texas, uh, which maybe some of your listeners have heard of not too far uh, out of this area. And I went down there, Pastor Jay Fleming was there, you know, and uh, gave me a shot and just said, hey, you're going to be our, our youth pastor for the summer. They didn't have a youth pastor um, I really wasn't an intern. I was more the the youth pastor because they didn't have anybody. Uh, they literally gave me an office in a closet. We had to move all the janitor stuff out of the closet. And uh, that's where I office that summer. And it was a great summer. It was at the end of that summer. We were at camp and uh, Vody Bacham was actually the, the, the camp pastor. And in the last night of camp, he preached a message about calling and discerning your calling. And how do you know if God is calling you? And I'd been wrestling with this for about a year already. Um, but Vody just made it so incredibly clear. And, and I felt God's presence. I felt God reaffirming that call again through the through that message. And, and it was there at that camp at the end of that summer, as I had done some college ministry, been a part of college ministry, and then accepted a call to actually participate in ministry on a quote-unquote professional level for the summer as a youth intern, um, that that I said, yes, Lord, I'll do this. Whatever that means, you know, if, if it's penny loafers, I'll do it. You know, if I have to wear a suit and tie, I'll do it. If, if that's the, the worst my suffering for Jesus is, is wearing a suit and tie, I can handle it. Whatever your plan is, I really there at the end of that summer submitted my life to that call that I had been wrestling with. Yeah. So, and then a lot of people were influential for the rest of my college career. Again, BSM was huge. Crusade was huge. Um, a lot of great friends that are still my friends today um, that, that, that helped me grow. And I mean, that was a season of tremendous spiritual growth for me. Yeah, that's awesome. What a testimony. Thanks for sharing. I think it's important. The majority of listeners are pastors, ministry leaders, um, but to see the importance that um, our influence on the next generation is massive. It, it is vital for us to be pouring into those areas of next-gen ministry. Um, I, that's, 
I'm here because there were individuals at that influential time in my life too. And so it's awesome to hear that in yours. And now as ministry leaders to then place the same emphasis for those that are coming behind us. Um, I think it's huge. And so thank you for sharing that, um, which then leads, we fast forward a little bit. Um, but we fast forward to 2003 and um, founding pastor of Cowboy Fellowship Church. Um, so um I don't know if there's like prerequisites that you have to be an agricultural background. You have to live on a farm at least sometime in your life. You have to have a phenomenal beard, which the first <laughs> time I met you, you had a very nice, long, thick beard. It's very trimmed up right now. Um, so I don't know if those are prerequisites, but but what happened? Where Where did Cowboy Fellowship, where did that fall into its place? Yeah, so uh, in 2003, I got a I got a phone call from a gentleman back here in my hometown, and um, he he literally said this, and I'm paraphrasing somewhat, but I, I was sitting in this little duplex in San Marcos, Texas, and uh, had been accepted to Southwestern, and thought I was going to do what everybody else does, right? I was going to go to seminary, I was going to get my MDiv, I was going to probably bivocationally pastor a small church while I was there, and just you know, on and on and on. And um, he, he called me and he said, hey, we're trying to start a cowboy church uh, in Pleasanton and we can't find anybody to be our pastor. He said, we've, we've asked multiple other guys and they're not willing to come because we can't pay very much. Uh, we don't know if this is going to work. You know, there were just a lot of obstacles. None of them had ever started a church uh, before. And, and he literally said, you know, we just can't find anybody. Would you come help us for the summer? I had been an interim pastor for a couple of churches. And he basically said, would you be our interim and, and help us kick things off? And um, I said, man, let me pray about it. And, and I'll get back with you. We had a, probably a 20, 30 minute conversation. And uh, I prayed about it. As soon as we got off the phone, I started praying. And I just felt the Lord clearly in my heart say, Yes, go. You don't you don't need to talk to me anymore about this. This is yours. And so um, I called him back literally that night and said, hey, I'd love to talk to you all some more. I think the Lord is in this. Um, let's get together. We got together and visited. And I started as the interim. We, we kicked off in May of 03. I came into the picture in April. There was already a core team. They had been doing ministry. The pump was primed. And I was really um, just kind of supposed to be the Sunday morning guy uh, to, to help them get started, help them get going. And then they were going to bring in somebody who knew what he was doing because I was 22. I had never pastored a church, much less started one. Um, I, I wasn't married. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have any of the stuff. Right. And, um, so anyway, we started off and God just, man, people started getting saved. We, we were having 10, 15 baptisms a Sunday. It was like this little revival took place in our community. And we grew from a couple of families to, um, about 350 people in about 60 days. It, it was, it was just really phenomenal. And so about the middle of July, uh, they sat down with me and said, Hey, things are going really good. Why don't you not go to seminary? And, uh, why don't you stay here? We'll give you, uh, a, a little more of a paycheck and we'll pay for seminary and you can, you know, do that. However you can do it. We'll, we'll help you do it, but we want you to stay and be our pastor, our full-time pastor. And, um, um, I did. That was 20 years ago and uh, still here. It hasn't always been easy and uh, certainly has has been some tough seasons as, as all pastors go through. But, um, 
Yeah, it's been a been a tremendous ride. We now have a a, a worldwide ministry, a huge online audience. We have missionaries all over the world. We've um, planted over twenty five churches. Not all of them cowboy churches. A, a good majority of them not cowboy churches, uh, to to be sure. And so to answer your question, yeah, to be a cowboy church pastor, you need to have some cultural relevance. Um, just like it'd be hard for me to go to New York and and plant a church in the heart of New York. I just I don't have the cultural background to be able to do that. Um, it'd be tough for somebody with no agriculture, you know, background to do it, but you don't have to own a horse. You don't have to, um, know how to rope necessarily. You, you don't have to be this, uh, hardcore cowboy to be an effective cowboy preacher. I don't think. That's awesome, man. Um, so you just, you just said something that, um, this is why we're doing this, uh, series. We are for, um, the whole pastor TWP is for revival in communities. Um, the prayer and the hope is that we would encourage, invigorate, stir just an affection of relationship with other pastors and their savior, Jesus, that um, revival in communities would be what happens. Um, and, and so thank you. Thank you for stating that. And I think it's appropriate that this is first, that this would be the trend that we would continue to hear um, and encourage each other in that, that there would be revival in communities. There'd be a revival within us as pastors, leaders, Amen. within our families, and then within our communities, because that's the progression, right? Like it's got to start with us. Starts so, with us. Yeah. So thank you for being faithful to that. And um, um, yeah, what an example. Um, I I want to spend the last bit of time that we have together. And, and so if we kind of shift from revival in communities, the, the work that you've been doing, we could probably spend another two or three episodes of just talking about um, your church planting, um, the way that you have a passion for um, helping, uh, um, I guess, springboard other pastors into those communities. Um, but I really want to focus on something that you've just spent a year of your life working on, and that's your new book, Signs and Wonders, The Miracles of God. Before we started recording, you and I talked about this a little bit. And so in just the few moments that we have together, what is Signs and Wonders, The Miracles of God, and what's your hope, your heart, your passion, and your prayer behind it? Sure. Yeah. So I just uh, finished a, a Bible study called Signs and Wonders, the Miracles of God, and it is a church-wide campaign, if you will. It's really designed for a church to grab a hold of it and uh, run it for the whole church in their small groups, in their Sunday school classes, whatever model and methods you use for, for discipleship. It's a uh, eight-week journey, uh, 40 days. There's 40 devotions, 20 from the Old Testament, 20 from the New, miracles from from both Testaments. And um, each day participants read a little short devotion, very simple devotion, um, five days a week out of that. And then there's a small group time or Sunday school, if that's your model time, where I do some video teaching, where we dive deeper uh, into what miracles are. You know, why don't we see miracles happening today like we do in the Bible? I try to answer these tough questions. Why didn't God perform a miracle for me or somebody I love when I prayed for it? Uh, who can perform miracles? You know, we we dive into what does the Bible say about some of these questions many, many people have in the eight video lessons uh, that go along with the study. And then the hope is, is that the, the local pastor would be preaching sermons on the miracles of God 
uh, every week as well. So it just kind of immerses the participants uh, into the miraculous, in, into our miraculous Father. And um, it's it, I, I have high hopes for it, man. I am I am praying that the Lord will just use it uh, in in wonderful, wonderful ways. I, I was telling you, my my prayer is, my heartbeat is that a thousand churches uh, would use this study around the world, around the United States. Um, I, I, I'm just, I just want to get it out there. It's not about selling a million copies for me. It's not about making money. I, most authors don't make any money. I don't have a huge markup on this book. Um, all the extra resources are free. The videos are free. Um, all the posters and postcards and, and everything that goes along with it are all free. Cause my heartbeat is I want the little bitty church that has one small group and 15 or 20 people to be able to get as much out of this as the big mega church that can afford all the extra stuff. And so uh, you buy the participant guides and then everything else is, is free. And uh, I'm just praying the Lord does great things uh, through signs and wonders. Yeah, that's awesome. Signs and wonders, the miracles of God by Dr. Pete Pavelic. Um, let, let, let me, let me do this. So Psalm 51 has been a prayer of mine for myself, um, but also for the pastors that I come in contact with. And um, out of the message remix, it says this, this is Psalm 51 verses seven through 15. Uh, Soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. Scrub me and I'll have a snow white life. Do not look too close for blemish. Give me a clean bill of health. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Don't throw me out with the trash or fail to breathe holiness in me. And then here's the part that is just highlighted for me. Bring me back from gray exile and put a fresh wind in my cells. Give me a job teaching rebels your ways so that mm. the lot can find their way home. TWP is, is for that mission. And so if it's through signs and wonders, if it's through your story, if it's through these uh, conversations, would we as pastors, as leaders for our families, for our church communities, have a fresh new wind in our sails so that we would have the job of teaching rebels to come home to Jesus? Um, and so this is what we're going to do in closing here. Um, the first five pastors, church leaders, people who email me, Bobby, B-O-B-B-Y at ahbc09.org. B-O-B-B-Y at ahbc09.org. I will purchase and send you signs and wonders, the miracles of God from Dr. Pete Pavelic. And he's even promised to sign them. I don't know how we're going to do that, but I will get him to sign it and, and we will get it to you. So the first five people that email me is going to get a copy of that. And, awesome. um, It'll be the first five of a thousand. It'll be the first six because I'm going to buy my own copy <laughs> of 1,000 of us church leaders um, using this as a resource. Pete has worked hard and I thank you for that. And so let's, uh, let's do that, man. I think that's a lofty goal, but I think we could do it together. Amen. Thanks so much for having me, Bobby. I think you can probably put the, the links down below, uh, maybe in the comment section to my Facebook, if anybody wants to connect with me and certainly over to the Amazon page to pick that up. If, if they want to grab their own copy, I'd love to connect and uh, love to even have lunch. We're close enough to most of your audience. Uh, if, if I can ever be a resource or help anybody out there, um, I, I would love to do that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I will put all of this in the show notes. Uh, you sent me all your contact, where people can find you, the Amazon link. I will throw that in the show notes. Uh, man, this has been awesome. You and I will be together in Dallas for executive board here in just a few weeks. So I'm excited for that. Um, usually we try to get on the same flight. Um, and so speaking of flights, man, we're going to have to have like an extended conversation because um, you talked about how you wanted to become a pilot and an astronaut, and then you became a pastor, but you are a pilot. You can fly. I can fly. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in a plane, you can use right. a plane to fly. <laughs> right. Um, I've done skydiving too. Um, yeah. You know, just back to the goodness of God. So when one of my biggest wrestlings, when, when I got this call into ministry was, Lord, I want to fly. Like, I want to be a pilot. And um, God just spoke into my heart, like, hey, that's going to be okay. You know, like I was really wrestling with how are you going to, how are you going to strip this thing I love so much away from me? And I had a lot of people then saying, well, maybe you'll be an aviation missionary. Maybe you're going to fly people around in Africa. You know, you never know what God's going to do. And I thought, yeah, maybe I will. Maybe that's God's plan. But um, man, God has just been so gracious. There have been seasons where I haven't been able to fly uh, very much due to starting a family and just not having money, being a pastor and everything. But um, man, God has God has been really gracious, and it would take a whole nother show to really talk about that part of my my journey. But I am a licensed uh, pilot, and I'm able to exercise those privileges and uh, enjoy flying all over the country and seeing new places. Well, we'll have to do this again, certainly, so that we could tell that story. And and I'll end with this. This is what I loved. You and I were on a plane together coming back uh, to San Antonio from Dallas, and you were watching the pilots and their checklist happening as we were getting ready to, as after we boarded and as we're getting ready to fly back home. And so it was really cool to watch that, and you shared a little bit. And so um, I would love to have you on again so that we can talk about that part of your story. Sounds great. Look forward to it. Awesome. TWP Conversations. Thank you, friends, for listening. TWP, the whole pastor, is for pastors, their families, and the communities they serve. If I could help be a resource in any way, please email me, contact me, um, and would love to connect in any way. But till next time, we'll see you soon, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.